Does it seem like Christmas is over? As we start putting the decorations away and the various Christmas gatherings come to an end, yeah, maybe it feels like Christmas is over. Like this little girl in this cartoon, as she sees that the Christmas tree has been taken down, notes that that corner where the tree was standing looks kind of lonely now. But is the journey to Christmas over? We've been spending the month of December looking at what that journey is like coming up to Christmas. We've, we talked about the joy and the hope and the love that's there in Christmas. But now is that journey over? That Christmas is over? No. Because there's still a lasting effect that we take with us from Christmas. And now it becomes a journey of peace. Today we're going to hear a familiar portion of scripture that we always hear about at Christmas time. It's the prophecy that comes from Micah about the birthplace of the Savior. But he also talks about the life and ministry of the Savior and what that will do for us. So even though he was speaking 700 years before Christ was born, he talks about the lasting effect of our journey to Christmas. Listen to his familiar words of prophecy. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely. For then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace." This weekend, as we are looking at a new year starting, we might also look back, and, and perhaps the question is appropriate, how happy are you with 2017? Were there some disappointments? Were there some setbacks? Some things you were hoping would be different and maybe weren't? And what about that new year coming up? you have some expectations and, and hopes of what it'll be like? You know, at Christmas, one of, the, one of the themes, one of the wishes that we often hear, and it's expressed in Christmas cards, is that hope for peace. Will we have peace? And, and what do we mean by that peace? And what goes into giving us that peace? Is it good family situation, uh, good finances and health and other successes? What is it that will give us peace? Or is peace something that's kind of fading and maybe hard to get your hands around? Well, when we talk about peace, we often think of relationships between people, that there's a harmony, a working together, or that there's just a general sense of well-being. Well, as we look at life around us and maybe our own life, we'd probably say what we see is a lot of peace busters. 
Let's take a look at some of those things that, that seem to bust up that idea of wholeness or harmony in life. And we can take a look at even what was going on in Micah's day and Jesus' day and see those same things. Now Micah prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born. And here's what was going on during his time. A lot of strife. There were wars and, and threats of wars and being overrun by other countries. You know, we hear a lot of strife uh, today in our world, too, between political parties and, and nations. That stuff was going on in Micah's day, too, and yet he talked about peace. Well, exactly what was going on in Micah's day? Maybe I could illustrate it with this map. Let's start with that purple section there. The nation of Assyria. Today we would call it Iraq. They were very aggressive in spreading out, and that's the green area then, and taking over other nations. They were even taking over the northern section of Israel. And so you go where that red circle is. That's the southern section of Israel called Judah. And that's where Micah is. And he now is prophesying how the Assyrians are going to take over the northern section and are threatening the southern section. So there was a, a lot of strife going on. And indeed, that's what happened in 722. The Assyrians took over the northern part of Israel. And now they're threatening Judah. And so Judah is having to pay tribute, paying a tax to keep the king away. There was similar strife going on in Jesus' day too. Only this time it was the Romans. They had taken over that whole area, and you see that with the purple there. And the Jews now are being controlled by the Romans. They had lost control over themselves. They're, they're under the oppression of the Romans now, have to follow their laws and pay taxes to the Romans. They were allowed to keep their customs and their religion, but now their obedience and their submission was to a new power. And so there was a lot of strife there. But recalling the words of the prophet, they were looking forward to the Savior coming. We look at our day too, and we feel a lot of strife, right? Let's look back at, at 2017, and we remember the threats made against our country by North Korea. We have those continuing threats that have been there for years now from, from terrorists. And then there's a the strife that's on, going on in our own country between political parties and leaders in our own communities, maybe even our own homes. Doesn't seem like there's peace. It's broken. We might say that peace has also been affected in another way. The, the Hebrew word for peace kind of meant a, a wholeness, a well-being. And yet if you look at our lives, we, we see a lot of struggles and, and would say, well, there's parts of our life that aren't so whole or, or well. In Micah's day, that was true. In his prophecy, he talked about the oppression of the poor by the rich. He talked about the shame that was there in society, how it was broken and they're not getting along. In Jesus' day, there were those struggles too. There was the taxes having to be paid to the Romans, but just people not getting along, the struggles of just working hard and never really getting ahead. Life was not really so good. 
And people might even say that today about their situation. You know, we live pretty comfortable lives, but we work very hard for that comfort, don't we? And sometimes it feels like we're just barely keeping our head above water. A lot of struggles in life, and that seems to tell us that, you know what, things aren't so good. It's not best. The cause of that strife and the struggles is all evidence of one other thing that breaks peace, and that is sin. And we experience that very personally with temptation. When we know that there's something God wants us to do, but eh, we just don't want to do it. In fact, sometimes we want to do just the opposite. Micah was pointing that out in his society how the people of Israel had rebelled against God, how now they're worshiping idols. In Jesus' day, too, the people had turned away from God and were given all sorts of rules that they were supposed to follow, as if that's how they could get back to God, by following their rules, their obedience. You see some of that in our society. It's do what you want, and, and that's where you're going to find peace, and, and you'll be okay with God, because you can have a God that you can set up your own rules for, your own religion. Or we might just take it upon ourselves to think, if I do this or that, you know, I'll be okay with God, I'll be right with God. And that's where we're looking for peace, then. Do you have that kind of peace in your life? Or do you have some strife? And how does that affect you? What about struggles? Are you working hard, but you never seem to get ahead? Are there challenges and troubles you have to deal with, and what does that do to you? You know, we talk about having peace. That's on our Christmas cards. And yet we would say, I'm not sure that I have peace. I think that perhaps maybe it's missing in my life. And then, of course... We know that there's sin. No question about that. And we certainly don't want to ignore it. We need to admit that we have that sin, and we have to deal with it. But yet, we don't want to be crushed by it. Because there is an answer for it. Yesterday, as I'm surfing the web and looking for images to use in this PowerPoint, there was an ad that popped up from Amazon Prime... <laughs> And it said, free two-hour delivery for the New Year's Eve essentials. I didn't know there were New Year's Eve essentials. <laughs> and I didn't bother to go to it because I have what I believe is essential for a good New Year's Eve. I've got a Savior. And I'm going to be here tonight, not because I have to be, but because I want to be. I suppose I have to be, too. But... <laughs> but because I want to be here, because that's how I want to end, and that's how I want to start a new year, knowing that my sin has been dealt with, and now I can handle the struggles and the strife. And here's the reason why. At the end of that beautiful prophecy by Micah, he said, and he shall be their peace. He didn't say, here's what to do, here are the five steps to follow. He just pointed us to the Savior. There's your peace. Well, what is it about Jesus that gives us peace? 
It's him, who he is, and what he does for us. So let's take a look at that. There are five things, and we're going to summarize them with the word peace, each letter standing for one of those things. And that'll help us to see how we have peace on this journey to and from Christmas. The first is his presence. That song that we just finished singing at the end of each of the stanzas, it had the name Emmanuel, which is the Hebrew for God with us. That's what Micah was telling us. God is with us, always has been. Micah, in his prophecy, you look at those highlighted words, tells us he's the ruler over Israel. He's there. Whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. God has always been there. He's here now, and he always will be with you. Jesus even said his parting words to his disciples And lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Somebody once coined this phrase Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Christ. Yeah, in this world, Jesus said, you're going to have troubles, but I'm going to give you peace. And that's because he is with us. From that, we get encouragement. And that's what Micah was talking about, too. When you, when you go through the strife and the struggles and you, and you reflect on your own sin, there's also encouragement for you. Here's how he talked about it. He said, he will, that's the Messiah, will stand and shepherd his flock, that's you, in the strength of the Lord. Now, when we think of the strength of God. We think of his almighty power, his power to create this world and to keep it all going. We think of those miracles that he performed. But you know, there's something stronger than God's almighty power. It's the very thing that guides him how he uses that power. And that is his love, his grace. That is his strength that he uses for us. Jesus talked about himself as being the shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. There is encouragement for us. Jesus knows all about us. He knows what we're going through. He knows what's on that road ahead. He knows what we're like. And he knows sometimes that we have some fears and some doubts about things. And that our heart can be troubled. But here's what he said. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. So that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. You know the way. We might look ahead and see that journey in life and go, I'm not sure what's on that journey. But we know where it goes. God has laid out the path. 
He has surrounded it with his presence. He gives us that encouragement that it's filled with blessings and it'll bring us to him. That's peace. We're on the road God has set for us. Now, why would God do all that? (laughs) Knowing that we are rebellious sinners. How is it that we can have his presence and such encouragement and assurance from him? It's because of his work of atonement to make us at one with God. Micah, in his prophecy, was dealing with a time where there were threats, and yet he talked about peace. Today being New Year's weekend, you know, we hear about uh, how our police or protection agencies have been working very hard to make sure that everybody's going to be safe from any kind of attack this weekend. It's just indicating to us that there are those attacks, the possibilities. Now, are there really attacks out there? You know, we don't know. But there really are some attacks aimed right at us every day by the chief terrorist, Satan. We are his target. He knows our weak points, and he will attack. And it's a deadly attack. Eternally deadly. But God gives us the protection in Jesus. Jesus has dealt with all of the attacks and the wounds that we will experience. Because Jesus took those attacks and wounds on himself. He took the punishment that was deserved for our sin. He paid that penalty with his life. And with his life, he also provided that perfect obedience called righteousness that we also need. With Jesus, we have been made at one with God. And that letter A is kind of the central letter in the, in the word peace. Because all the other blessings come from and revolve around his work of atonement for us. It's because of that work that you and I also have these other blessings. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Just as we know that Jesus has laid down his life for us, we also know he's our shepherd who is guiding us. And so we also have the blessing of comfort. Now at the same time that Micah is doing his work in Israel, so is the other prophet, Isaiah. And I've got a feeling that Micah probably heard some of Isaiah's messages because he reflects some similar themes in his own messages. Isaiah talked about comfort and the Messiah being a shepherd. Listen to Isaiah's words. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. I love that phrase. We've gotten double from the Lord. Not double punishment, a double cure. Righteousness and forgiveness. And now he goes on. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Isn't that a beautiful picture? 
You've probably all seen a painting like that, huh? Where Jesus is holding a little lamb in his arms. My friends, that's not just a picture. That's reality. Jesus holds you not only close to his heart, but in his heart. Jesus has you in his hands. He doesn't just use his hands to shoo you along and to point where you should go. Jesus takes you by the hand and guides you. And where he's guiding you to is eternal life. Micah said, And they, that is God's people, will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. He's talking about the security we have for eternal life. That's the road we're on. That's where Jesus is leading us. His words, again reflected when he tells us not to be troubled, speak of that. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the place where I am going. What will 2018 be like? We're unsure of the details, but we're absolutely sure of the road for that journey. It leads to everlasting life. At the end of Micah's prophecy, he gave this encouragement. Remember your journey, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. Remember this journey to Christmas. Because it leads us to Jesus, who is our peace. It is in him that we have his presence, his encouragement, his atoning work, his comfort for everlasting life. You no doubt have, have seen this phrase before, no Jesus, no peace. But when you know Jesus, you know peace. Not just in your head, not just on paper, but in your heart, in your life, you've experienced that peace with God. Paul, in his prayer for his flock in Ephesus, prayed for this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. My friends, that is my prayer for you as we continue on our journey, that we would resolve to know Jesus better. And when we do, we'll realize this journey to Christmas is still going on it's a journey of peace. Amen.